This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Last night at my direction, the United States military successfully executed a flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world, Qasem Soleimani. Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel, but we caught him in the act and terminated him. That is the president of the United States, Donald Trump, speaking uh, to the press about half an hour ago. It's the first time we have heard from him outside of a couple of tweets on the uh, orchestrated and targeted uh, hit on Iran's top general. Uh, No small feat, no question. And, um, you know, he's going to take a lot of flag from this from an awful lot of people. But it is a huge, monumental win in many ways. But it will have and come with some kind of reaction it, that what that reaction is we will you know finally uh wait we will wait and see what uh, that is uh conrad black i think we've got him on the line now he joins us hello conrad hi alex how are you today well it's uh, unexpected friday you know i was having a conversation yesterday with uh, someone you know whether or not we were going to see some kind of action militarily with iran in the new year and then of course last night reading the headlines and boom here we are now. Um, and, you know, there's an awful lot of politics going on right now with the back and forth, the Democrats, you know, losing their minds about not knowing, not being told, because apparently you're supposed to inform everybody that you're going to take out a big target. Uh, but the bottom line is, it is a, a, an astonishingly big moment in, in American uh, history right now. Well, I mean, is it? I, I, you know, it's a routine elimination of an enemy. Is this sort of like Baghdadi and... And, and bin Laden, although this guy wasn't as well known as bin Laden. Um, but I, I mean, I, that's a lot of nonsense. The commander in chief doesn't have to consult the Democrats of all people who are trying to throw him out of office on spurious grounds. Uh, well, that's kind of what I thought. We got a lot of cheers with Obama. Yeah, well, that's, just, that's just hot air from the Democrats and their lackeys in the media. I mean, there is absolutely no customary precedent and certainly no constitutional or statutory requirement to consult with members of the Congress of either party prior to uh, prior to what was a precise surgical strike by a drone not directly engaging uh, putting any American individuals in harm's way and then in any case it is the as far as I can see completely consistent with long-standing bipartisan American policy towards uh, terrorists especially terrorists who are known to be to have been responsible for for killing a lot of Americans uh, and and Soleimani was up to his eyeballs in his latest attempt to storm the US embassy and and uh, I mean I think it was uh, in fact something that the polls when they're taken in the US will reveal the country uh, supports altogether and 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 any controversy about the propriety of it will vanish yeah, I would think so, too. I mean, the bottom line is, if you can cheer the death of Osama bin Laden, then this, you know, also deserves the same, uh, you know, adulation. This guy was even worse than Osama bin Laden. I mean, he was... Well, I don't know about that, but it, but they were in the same category. And Baghdadi, too, the head mm-hmm. of ISIS, I mean, the three of them were all arch-terrorists who were responsible for killing a large number of Americans. For, I mean, combat deaths are one thing, but... Um, you know, American civilians, you know, I mean, the most outrageous case being the 9-11 assault in the World Trade Center in the Pentagon. But 
these others were indiscriminate terrorists who, who didn't make any great distinction about whether they were killing American servicemen or, or just American citizens. Uh, and, and isn't it, a, I mean, am I missing something? But isn't it a bit rich for the likes of Schumer and Pelosi who are trying to throw Trump out of the office to which he's been elected uh, on a case so spurious that they're afraid to bring it to the Senate at this point? Uh, that he's supposed to sit down and consult with them before he does what the Constitution requires him to do in the normal exercise of the function of the president of the U.S. as commander-in-chief. Anyway, is anyone taking this seriously? Well, uh, sadly, yes, they are. I mean, I do not recall Congress being called uh, when bin Laden was almost taken out. No one had meetings to say, should we do this? Can we do this? I mean, the bottom line is when you want to take a a target like, uh, you know, this, this general, you know, you have to do it in the dark of night. I think Israel was probably the only one notified. And now you've got uh, Britain and other countries coming out and saying, well, we weren't told. Well, of course you weren't told. Why well, you don't... Israel was only notified, as I understand, like, what do I know? But what do any of us know, really? But uh, if these reports are to be believed, because they provided some sure. of the intelligence indicating where the target was. But the United States doesn't have to consult with other countries, and the president doesn't have to consult with the Congress. This guy was someone directly responsible for the a criminal massacre of a large number of Americans, uh, and 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 in any case was in effect a military enemy of the U.S. And uh, since when is it a bad thing to to kill people who murder American civilians? Not to mention, uh, you know, help guys like Bashar al-Assad stay in power so that they can kill, you know, hundreds of thousands of women, men and children with with chemical, uh, you know, bomb attacks. So, uh, I mean, he as yeah. a person was one of the one of the principal terrorists in the world and indeed would rank, I suspect. Now, again, I'm getting out of my depth here. I'm not a counterterrorism expert, but in, in the same category and only slightly behind bin Laden and al-Baghdadi, but but qualitatively no different and good riddance to all of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then you get the reaction from NATO allies. I mean, certainly um, Benjamin Netanyahu came out and and automatically uh, pledged his support and and his gratitude. I mean, Israel, more than any other nation, understands what terror is because of subjectivity at every second of the day. Um, But, you know, you've got uh, Macron out of France uh, cozying up to to China and Russia now condemning this attack. And you've got... uh, Justin Trudeau's government saying, you know, everyone should just kind of calm down and, and de-escalate. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what their plan moving forward is as far as allies and where the pieces will move. Where do you see this moving? Well, it's not a NATO matter. I mean, as the, you know, as the title of the organization implies, it's the North Atlantic. Now, it stretches all the way to Turkey, which, which you know, is a liberty with geography, but it has not historically been the um, the mechanism by which the West acted in the Middle East. I mean, the Middle East is not in the defined security zone of, of NATO, although although sometimes there have been NATO missions there, but they've been add-ons to to other things, UN missions, or or, or uh, in the case of uh, following the 9/11 uh, attack and the. World Trade Center and the Pentagon, the Atlantic Council of NATO did vote that it was an attack upon all NATO members. So there was some NATO presence in the reprisals in Afghanistan and elsewhere. But but it is not as a matter of course or policy uh, something that is referred to NATO when the U.S. takes an individual action in response to an outrage committed against us, against it, in in Iraq. And, and I mean, Iraq's not defined as part of the NATO sphere of interest. And and uh, where Macron is offended, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, the, 
the, the intelligence opportunity was identified. You had to act quickly. There was not time, practically, even if Trump had wanted to do it, to consult with, with uh, all of the 27 NATO members, plus the leaders of the Democratic Party trying to evict him from office on spurious grounds, and ensure that the, the possibility was put out amongst all of the media of the world while it was being deliberated, and meanwhile, Soleimani would reach his objective and the opportunity would be lost. I mean, what are these people thinking? Well, it's again, it's mired in politics, and now you've got you know all yeah, this. But it com- all blow away. Alex. Well, I mean, this is like a lot of these things that are instant, frightful crises. But then, when the polls reflect that the American public actually agrees with Trump, or is in any case completely unruffled by it, it just evaporates. All these controversies do that surround him. The media tries it every time. Democrats and their puppets in the media to stir up this. The, the, this immense uh, allegation that Trump is unfit for office or has um, exceeded the powers of the office or misused them or something. And and uh, and then as soon as it is clear that the public isn't signing on to it, it just evaporates like, like uh, you know, like one's breath in the air on a cold day. But um, for Macron, I, I, I'd have to see what he actually said and what his complaint was, but this isn't something you would normally consult NATO allies about. No, but, you know, lots of talk now whether this is, you know, World War Three that we're entering, and well, I don't please. get the sense that's not going to happen, but there will be a retaliation of some sort. Well, not much of one. I mean, if the Iranians... Uh, escalate combat with the United States, they are asking for trouble. The United States is a hundred times as great a military power as Iran, and it could inflict completely unacceptable damage on Iran at no risk to itself. And and it it cannot be said that the administration and the person at the head of the administration would have any great qualms about doing it. Iran is a criminal nation. It's the principal sponsor of terrorism in the world. It is absolutely instrumental in the severe disruption of the lives of several other countries in the Middle East. And, uh, and, and there are some dangers in provoking the most powerful military country in the world, and that's what they've done. They've committed repeated outrages against the U.S. and, and its legitimate interests. And uh, the United States is not a unilateral disarmament, turn-the-other-cheek country. And uh, in the NATO alliance and in the West generally, all of us have had this problem of the so-called allies in effect, trying to run that alliance on a collegial basis, where it's one country, one vote, even though one country is providing 75% of the military force and 90% of the active use of that force. And, and the idea is we will treat the United States as a great St. Bernard dog on a leash, and we'll hold the leash while they spend the money and take the risks and take the orders. Well, that's not how alliances work. And uh, I think if all Justin said was everyone should settle down, that's innocuous enough. But uh, well, he but didn't what, say it. Someone what, else, one of his ministers, did. But uh. yeah, well, well, that's all right. I mean, you, you know, I mean, it's not exactly a dynamic response, but it's inoffensive. But the the if Macron or anyone else is now asserting some sort of veto right over the use of. Uh, of the vast military apparatus of the United States when the country has been has had a casus belli inflicted on it, then he, you know he's smoking something. He should deal with the guys in the yellow vests and leave uh, and, and leave the revival of the concept of nuclear non-proliferation to the Americans, because France is one of the powers, along with Obama, basically signed away a 
green light to Iran to become a nuclear military power, and and Trump has rolled that back, and we should all be grateful for that. Yes, I mean, and, I, and look, the, the last administration rewarded this regime with hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars, and no consequence for any uh, you know wrongs they did, and they did many. Um, and I guess Mr. Trump showed that he, there is a red line. It was crossed, and he will, in fact, act. Just quickly before I let you go, you know, Henry Kissinger back in the day once asked if Iran is a country or a cause. Did Donald Trump answer that question Thursday? Uh, the, the, I, I think it's not for me to second-guess Henry, but I, 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 I think he, he answered it, but, but he answered it in this way. I mean, everyone understands that. Iran, Persia is a country. It's been a, an important country since pre-Roman times, almost continuously. Uh, like all of these ancient countries, it's had its ups and downs, but it, it is an ancient country. Um, and But it is at the moment, and for the last 40 years, been led by people with a cause that is extremely antagonistic to the West and to legitimate Western interests. Now, it's a transitory phase. And Trump has said he's not aiming at regime change, but he will not tolerate uh, continuous aggression and terroristic aggression from Iran without reprisals, and especially when when Iran directly incites violent attack on the United States. I mean, this business, the embassy in Baghdad, was, I thought, reminiscent of what the Iranians did at the American embassy in Tehran when they took all the hostages 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, if, you, if you're going to deal with a country that will actually attack diplomatic missions like that, then, then the only way to deal with them effectively is to swat them hard. We still don't know exactly what Ronald Reagan said as president-elect that caused those hostages to be released as he was taking the oath of office as president. But I think when that story comes out, when the archives are opened, it'll be clear that he, that he, that he made it plain to the Iranian leadership, to Khomeini, that if those hostages were still in custody when he became president and the inaugural parade was over, absolute hell would break loose, whereupon they thought better of it and released them. 2020 is off to an interesting start. Mr. Black, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. That is Conrad Black uh, joining us. Always uh, worth listening to his perspective because it's always different, which I think is what we need here. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.